0: Here's Joe Linton on the charge, in towards Wilson!
2: A dagger to the heart of Arsenal, a huge boost for Tottenham Hotspur.
0: And back by Sean Longstaff, and Callum
1: Wilson, Ramsdale gets there first, give it
0: Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping it all very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us for our midweek edition of The Last Word on Spurs. Obviously, we haven't been here since Monday and it feels like a lot has happened since Monday night. So we're looking forward to talking all things Tottenham ahead of the final game of the Premier League season and what a season it's been. I think we're all ready for hopefully Champions League football next season, fingers crossed. We've got three great returning guests to The Last Word on Spurs. That are going to be looking ahead to another crucial week, a season defining week for Tottenham Hotspur. Joining us, I've got on my top right, returning to the show, Talks, very own. Russ Williams joins us. Russ, how are you?
2: Very good. Thank you, Ricky. How are you? Hello, everybody. It's um, really good to be back on. on lovely this to have you here, Russ.
0: show. Oh, lovely to have you here. And I must have say, Russ, you were telling me all the time when you've been on here, even yeah. when we've been messaging each other. That don't don't be don't worry. Top fours are certainly.
2: I did say, um, I think it was March, wasn't it, Ricky? And you went round at the end, and and you said, guys, where do you think Tottenham are going to finish this season? Without hesitation, mm. fourth. And we're that close now. Not quite there, but that close. And I'm sticking with it.
0: I love it. I love it. No, the confidence we need. That confidence, and it feels like Conte's mentality is embedded that confidence into his group of players. Also, join us on the show. Love you coming back on. We've got. Chris Cowling, Chris, how are you?
3: Buzzing, Rick. Buzzing. It's been the perfect week and I can hear that Champions League music already.
0: Oh, <laughs> I'm waiting to 4- fire 45, right? <laughs> we had a discussion off here that uh, I still, through Spurs and my, my worry, and I think the best image to depict of this is that one of Hassan Hootl where he goes to celebrate, then tries to calm himself down before just in that moment, just trying to unleash joy. Only because... Spurs, we've been here before, been here again. I like I said off air, I said I've had to mute my own uh, group with my mates. Out. A lot of the in there and I'm, I'm just trying not to buy it until 5.45 on Sunday evening. Then I will go for them and I think they but, know what's coming.
3: But we have got a world-class manager in Antonio Conte. We will get over the line on Sunday. We will be in the Champions League. And as I said, I cannot wait to hear that Champions League music back at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium.
0: Fantastic. I love it. And joining Chris and Russ Night, we've also got Jamie Brown over at the Daily Hotspur. Jay, what time to come back on the show. How are you? I'd, I'd say right now, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm staying calm at the moment in
4: terms of, I want us to go and get the job done at Norwich, but I'm kind of in the same boat a little bit as Chris in terms of, I just, I, I think you've got to be confident. I know obviously the Spurs fans were kind of, you know, ingrained to be, you know, fear the worst. But look, I think we've, Chris is right. We've got a world-class manager now. We've got world-class players I think you've got as well, not only is he a world-class manager, he's a guy who can, you know, he's gonna go out and set them up in the right way, he's not gonna take risks, he's gonna be able to fire them up. I mean, we've seen the way, you know, these players have responded in comparison to Arsenal. You know, I think they've been bang up for those two games, those two um tricky games against Burnley, against Arsenal, and, and they look well up for it. And against Burnley, we quite easily could have slipped up, but we didn't. We went and got the three points. So i back us to go and get all three points. I don't want us to go and settle for a draw. I don't want us to go and play for a draw. I'm not worrying that we'd only need a point to to get that um to get that fourth place spot. I want us to go there and get three points and, and really put a statement down. But uh yeah, at the moment I'm I'm not getting carried away. I'm not listening to Champions League anthems yet. Um but hopefully, uh hopefully on Sunday evening I will be doing exactly that.
0: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely spot on. Uh, I must say, tonight's episode of Last Run Sponsors is sponsored by the Beaver Town Corner Pin. That's the Beaver Town pub, bang opposite the South Stand. They've been doing some amazing Spurs televised away games this season, their big home and away feature. There'll be, of course, another one this weekend for Norwich where you can potentially see Spurs once again clinch League football, which will be obviously amazing. Um you know, we've been down there this season. We were down there for, again, a lot of the guys for the away games this season. We've been down there for the Arsenal game beforehand. It was a real rocking atmosphere with some great Spurs chants. I won't sing them all for you right now, but, uh yeah, some really good tunes down there. Of course, they've got pre-match DJs with the gimme, 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 cub music, food, great beer, great company. So make sure you check them out, the brilliant Beaver Town corner pin. They've been great this season. So, yeah. Hopefully for them next season and us, we've got Chabesic football to look forward to because that would be quite incredible. Back at the we lane, want,
3: Rick, we want to hear you sing the Ben Davis song again. <laughs>
0: Twice in four days, come on, Rick? come on! What I think one two seven was enough. Yeah, you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that. Trust me, I think Ben still get over it himself. To be honest with you, but we have to talk about Spurs coming over to you, Russ, firmly yeah. now back in the driving seat. For Champions League football going into the final yeah. weekend of the season. Still can't believe I'm saying this after Arsenal were beaten against Newcastle United on Monday night. And I, I have to say that I celebrated those two Newcastle United goals like they were Spurs cup final goals. And you know Spurs and Cup Finals. We only do FA cup fifth rounds on last one on yeah. Spurs. So Russ, how are you feeling right now going into the final week of this season?
2: Well, I'm 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 feeling confident. Um The sweetest goal at Newcastle was the own goal from Ben White. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. Uh, Guimarães, of course, as uh, Jamie has already pointed out, what a talented player. Joe Linton absolutely terrorized him, didn't he? And it was funny. Gary Neville, after the game, said that 60,000 Spurs fans brutalized the Arsenal players for 90 plus minutes. And it's true. What an atmosphere. But the Newcastle fans said about it pretty much the same, didn't they, from from the off in that game? And, uh, and it was great. And um, I th- I think where we're benefiting, and they're not, hopefully, and we do make the Champions League, is these little atomic habits of things that Antonio Conde will get our players doing every day, relentlessly drilling in what he wants to them. And that's why we've seen, I think, an upturn since he's obviously turned up at the club, certainly after four or five games under him. And I think Mikel Arteta doesn't exercise atomic habits at all because he changed the formation for the game at Newcastle. Why would you do that? You know, when, you, when you've done okay and actually you're out in front if you win the game, you know. But, you know, okay, injuries, we all have them. Uh, but I think Conte is just another level. I think he, he's schooled. Arteta and quite a few other Premier League managers, and even the very best of the best, will be worried about him if we get in the Champions League because it opens up. And I'm sure everyone watching would agree with this: it opens up tremendous possibilities if he gets the money of 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 people who can come in to the football club. So it really is all about you know. As, as Jamie and Chris is very confident, and uh, that's fine. I'm I'm not unconfident at all, but I'm a bit with Jamie and you. I'm not saying a word until the job is done. I I do expect it to get done, and I hope it's not going to be a a nervy afternoon where Pookie has a swan song at Carrow Road and we're one nil down after 10 minutes, and then, you know, we'll come back and and get a result. But I don't want it to be that sort of game. Jamie said, and he's quite right, let's make a statement, you know, and um, rub their noses in it a little bit, which is nice. Mm. Really, yes, no,
0: I agree. I'm not one for them to be in the but we have to remember the last time Spurs faced or oh, played a, a relegated side. Um, you know, Newcastle United, we can't forget, you know, 5 1, was it 5 1? There was, Nine. There was. I did see that on Twitter actually,
4: but I think the last time we did play a relegated side was Hull, wasn't it? I thought it was, and we beat them 7 1, was it not when Harry Kane won the golden boot? I think I did see right, that Okay, so match. we've had one in between, you right? we've had one in there between. Was, was one I'm in not gonna lie. lie. That new yes, castle for oh, yeah, You just hope for the same, because that was an away match as well. And mm. and uh, yeah. in that game, I think Harry Kane, he Lukaku to the golden boot, I think it was. So, mm. I, mean, I mean, that that would just be the icing on the cake, wouldn't it, on the weekend, if uh, some was to go and get the golden boot. So, that, I think that would be amazing if that happened.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Chris, come over to you, um, obviously, of course, after that weekend win, a slender 1-0 win over Burnley, and obviously Arsenal's result on Monday night. Spurs still have that two-point cushion heading in, to that final day of the season, destiny in our own hands. You've already kind of said quite buoyantly in the intro, you expect us to get the job done. Yep, absolutely. Was you, was you surprised by that Arsenal performance up no. at St. James' Park on Monday night?
3: No, not at all. Not at all. Um, you know, we, we played extremely well on Thursday night. I wasn't at all surprised that Newcastle beat them. Um, you know, thinking about this Norwich game at the weekend, we only need a draw And then we will go into the Champions League um, on goal difference. Now, come on, we're we're all going to get at least a draw at Norwich City. I'm going to go for a 4-0 win. I know you're going to probably ask for predictions later, but I'm going to go now. I I reckon we're going to win 4-0, win the game very comfortably. Hoi Min Son will grab a couple. He will get the golden boot. Um, I'm extremely confident because, you know, Antonio Conte, as Russ just said, you know, this manager is world class. He has transformed... Uh, this Tottenham Hotspur team and this squad. You know, thinking about this season, going all the way back, Nuno Espirito Santo... you know, what a transformation in this squad. He's come out and said that it would be like winning the Champions League by getting in the Champions League for next season. He's done it extremely well. He's got every single player playing. Uh, he's improved every single player throughout his Tottenham Hotspur team. Um, I absolutely adore the guy. I cannot speak more highly of the, uh, the manager that we have. I'm very excited going forward. This season for me was all about progression and direction. And we have progressed. We've gone in the right direction and, you know, when you think that in the January transfer window, we only signed two players, which at the time people thought we've just signed two Juventus rejects and we've offloaded a number of players and we were very thin. You know, look what he has achieved with this team. So I'm very excited going forward with the uh, the, the transfer window as well. Um, but. You know, I am really, really confident for the weekend. And, you know, particularly after the week that we have had in the manner that we beat Arsenal, in the manner that we beat Burnley, you know, two, two clean sheets as well. Uh, the team is absolutely buzzing at the moment and uh, everyone is playing with a smile on their face. Uh, mm. The end of season presentation. Um, at the Burnley game, was so nice to see. Um, I don't know whether you guys noticed, but Antonio Conte went round, introduced himself to every single family member of all of the players, which I thought was absolutely delightful to see. Um, He's such a a lovely guy, you know, as well as a fantastic manager. And I just think that this Spurs squad at the moment is so together, Um, you know, going to a Norwich City team um, that is 20th in the, the Premier League table, only won five games. I am very, very confident. And very bold Mm. to to say that we are definitely going to win.
0: I haven't noticed that at all, mate. I haven't haven't noticed the boldness. (laughs) I haven't noticed the confidence. Jamie, coming around to you, I mean, I have to ask you about that Arsenal display because it it was so limp, wasn't it? A game in which, for them, it felt almost all or nothing because you look at that final fixture against Everton, which I know many would think that's a a give me, bearing in mind Everton's really horrific away form and general Premier League form to some degree. I know they've been strong at Goodison. Did it surprise you at one point Arsenal had, they had Bukayo Saka, they had Nicolas Pepe, they had Eddie Nketiah, Gabriel Martini, and Alexandra Lacazette all on the pitch at the same time. But then Bruno Gamarish as you showed us earlier, obviously got the game secured. Was you surprised by Arsenal's real lack of, I mean, in desire, just even application of no. that game? There didn't seem to be a game plan from no, Arsenal.
4: No, I just, I think on paper, I think Arsenal do have a better team than Newcastle. I so thought Newcastle were fantastic. I just think it's, it's obviously something to do with the mentality and just the way they set up. I think that the main thing for uh, for Arsenal was going to be go out there and try and silence the crowd because that was always going to be the big thing. It was going to be a carnival atmosphere at St James' Park. Of course, they've still got the opportunity, or I don't think they're going to do it quite, but to finish in the top half. So there was still something to play for for Newcastle. So it was going to be a, you know, and then of course they avoided relegation. The excitement of next season for them—it was going to be such a carnival atmosphere. And do you know what? I was—I think a couple of games ago, I was really looking at the kind of the fixtures and maybe the build-ups in North London derby, and and you kind of thought, okay, we're facing Liverpool, they're facing Leeds, we could go into that North London derby well behind. But I don't know. I just looked at that that Newcastle game, and I just felt as though that was going to be a real, real difficult test for them because it's—we saw them go to Palace, and we saw them drop points, and you know. They obviously got a manager there that that's quite that's slightly inexperienced in terms of knowing how to, you know, keep the team calm. And they just did not look calm at all. And I think that's what you got to give great credit for at Spurs. I don't think it was kind of a stellar performance against Burnley. But, you know, we, we had such an unprecedented turnaround. And we went and produced a professional performance like that. And then you see otherwise, you'd go and look at Arsenal. It was kind of really the opposite. So, um, yeah, I think, as, as Chris said, you know, there is a kind of a real family feel to this first side at the moment, a real togetherness. I mean, look, even the players that are coming in as well are really doing their jobs. I think Davinson Sanchez and, and maybe Joe Roden as well could, you know, cut, you know, come in and, and think, well, you know, I'm, I've hardly been given a chance this season. But they come in and, you know, they get, you know, Davinson Sanchez has performed two great performances uh, against Burnley and Arsenal. We've seen Joe Roden coming and doing a decent job when he was called upon. So even like the fringe players are pulling together as well. So I just think there's a great feel about this squad at the moment. And and the thing as well, we look at maybe some of those starting 11s from Spurs. And, you know, there's times at Spurs when a lot of those players, you think Spurs fans would have been happy to see the back of them. But now, you know, Conte's getting the best out of Beric Dyer. He's getting the best out of Brian Sessignon. Um, You know, even Emerson Royal. I'm not saying he's, you know, he's the answer, but he's, he's doing a job. And it's like a guy who we just didn't see anything ever happening from. So I think so much credit to Conte. And it just kind of, it, it's difficult to say because it does sound like I'm being biased, but it just completely shows the levels between those two managers in terms of what they're getting out of players. You know, Cedric Suarez should be no better than Emerson Royale. Um Luno mm-hmm. Tavares yeah. should be, I don't I don't necessarily think should be better than, than Ryan Session, but they're getting the you know, he's managed to get the best out of these players, and he's done it with so many players in this squad. So just very excited to see what we can do next season with a, a proper contest one.
3: Yeah. C- can I just say, Rick, that the, this past week really shows who should be playing. Champions League football and who should be playing Europa League football. It really does. Yeah. You know, that, that term Spursy that I absolutely hate. You know, Arsenal have really been arsey this week. And, uh, you know, they, they have completely arsed it up. So that's all I can say on that matter.
0: Yeah. You know, Russ, I haven't actually asked you your opinion on that. You know, the, the difference between the two clubs. When you look at Arsenal, the fact that they had it under their control for quite a considerable amount of time, you know. Mm. And Spurs, to be honest with you, I, I've always thought Spurs have had the better individual players but I'll be honest with you there was a time in the season where Arsenal looked a lot more together as a team as a unit but obviously we've seen over the past yeah you know week the London the the, the, the North London derby really rattled Arsenal just just the occasion the result but that week in the build up to Newcastle you could just tell there was actually yeah. a hangover within that game the players yeah. couldn't refocus for that. Is that just down to there being a young squad a rookie yeah. manager there that haven't been there and done it? I think
2: so. I mean, I don't really care about Arsenal, if I'm honest with you. But, you know, if I have to talk about them uh, briefly, I I do (laughs) not believe that their manager, looking at it independently, not with the Spurs hat on, I don't think he's good enough for them. Uh, Patrick Vieira, I think, will be the next Arsenal manager pretty soon, I would have thought. This is going to completely blow them, not getting into the Champions League, if if that is what happens.
0: Especially with Spurs also, Russ, being the club, that's going to exactly. take that
2: place, right? Exactly. And it was such an important North London derby for us. And the fans were magnificent. The players were magnificent. And and the manager is double magnificent, if you like. And and, and we got through it and how we did it. It was fantastic. For for Arsenal going forward, well, they need some experience. And we need a little bit of youth, I think, in our squad. If you look at the average age, you know, we're quite old for a Premier League team. But, you know, age and experience go together. But it's, it, it's who comes in in the summer for me. Um, The mentality, I think, is beginning to change uh, for Spurs. I mean, the fans, you know, we accept failure, but we expect glory. That is what being a Tottenham fan is all about. Arsenal just expect glory and are constantly disappointed. Um, And long may that continue, frankly. Um, But I think that if we get to the Champions League, Conte will stay, although I've mentioned this before, Ricky, and I think I mentioned it to you, Chris, as well. If Daniel Levy says he's a big wad of money, Antonio, and he'll be aware of the feeling of the fans towards Conte, I mean, we all love him, don't we? Because we know he's that good. He's going to want a commitment from Antonio Conte. And as long as Antonio gets the money and commits to the club longer term, I think the future looks really, really good. You know, this Conte is not Ronald McDonald, you know, and Mr. Happy going around meeting all the players' families and what have you. He's also a really, really focused, ambitious man who will not tolerate messing about. And I think it would be unforgivable if I, I, the club yeah. I, I think if they, were to,
4: if they were to give him the money though I mean you you then look at it you have the Champions League football you're living in London you've got those training facilities you've yeah. got the stadium you've got Harry Kane you've got human son I mean that almost makes Spurs one of the most exciting projects in the world and then not to mention the fact that you know Spurs are a club that not haven't won a trophy before and of course I think Conte he's done an amazing job if you look at his record in mm. previous clubs he's done an amazing job in terms of turning clubs around I think when he he was the first, you know, won the league title with Juventus. The season after, they came up from Serie B. Um, he won Inter Milan's first league title in ten years. Uh, took Chelsea from mid-table the next season. They won the, the Premier League, um, and he took an Italian side that was really struggling for a couple of years, and I think took them to the semi-finals of the European Championship. So he's a manager that's kind of shown that he can kind of take clubs from you know being at a very low point to to, to, a, to a very high point. So it's almost a perfect project for him and it's such an attractive project for him as well because, as, as I mentioned, with all those factors that I, I just mentioned earlier, I just yeah. I think everything is in place there. I think just if they give him that money, then I think he will, I think he will, uh, he'll certainly be committed. And yeah. uh, and of course, if we do get over the line uh, against Norwich, which I'm sure we will Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes, hopefully.
0: We're going gonna to come on to content a bit more in a second. I just want to ask you, Chris, you know, the, the difference between Arsenal and Tottenham for you. You know, barring, and I have to say this because uh, I know you're very confident. 3-0, that's the
3: difference. You know,
0: I know that's a deal, barring obviously a 16-goal swing on Sunday, which um, I want to say is practically impossible, but Spurs are involved in proceedings here, right? So uh, I don't really think we should ever write anything off. As much as much It's highly unlikely. If that was to happen, we'd have to question, you know, we'd have to question some match-fixing, right, if that was to be the case. What's been the massive difference between the two sides, Chris? Has it just been Antonio Conte that's got Spurs over that line? Or is it well, more... I think,
3: uh, I think the most important thing is uh, the, uh, this business end of the season. Um, I think that we have just delivered. And Antonio Conte, as I said earlier, he's transformed this team. Uh, as Jamie said, you know, getting the best out of players like Eric Dyer, uh, I think has been magnificent this season. Um, ben Davis, who you call a six out of ten. Uh, but he has been... I gave him an eight, I an eight on the
0: last show. Just because I gave him an eight on the last show and I sang his song. That's got to be count as a ten out of ten, surely. Yeah. I sang his What's song I gave him an eight out of ten.
3: Well, that says it all. That says it all. When you're singing Ben Davis's name, that, that just says it all about his season. Um, but no, there's so many players. You can go through the whole of the Spurs team. And, uh, you know, when you, when you need players to deliver, we have really delivered. And Arsenal haven't, um, you know, in this last couple of weeks, which has been absolutely delightful to see. Um, but that North London derby, um, you know, I think Russ mentioned it earlier about the, the fans. Unbelievable. What an experience that was being in that stadium. You know, I've gone to every single home game. Uh, since the stadium opened, and that was probably the best. You know, even topping, you know, the Champions League nights there. That was incredible atmosphere, and you know, to have that experience and to get the fans back in the players in in the manner that they did. Um, you know, there was no doubt that we were going to win that game. But we have just been so much better um, in this business end of the season, and you know, the time when we need to deliver, and that's what I think is going to be the difference under Antonio Conte. You know, I've said on this show many times before. I hate the term Spursy. You know, it's time to now deliver. And uh, I can't believe Jamie mentioned the word trophy on this show before me, uh, you know, talking about Antonio Conte. But, you know, I believe that if he is backed in the summer in the way that he wants to be backed, and I'm sure he will be, because when you deliver top four, you know, in the very, very up and down season that we've had with Nuno Espirito Santo starting and, you know, you, th- you go back to the, that uh, October um, evening when we lost against Manchester United 3-0 you know, to now feeling the way that we do going into the last game where we can secure Champions League football. It is just such a huge turnaround. So, as I said, again, I'm I'm, I'm super excited about Antonio Conte and the future of Spurs because hopefully the happy days are back. And, uh, you know, I'll say it again, the Champions League music, I can hear it.
4: (laughs) I think the other significant thing as well is I remember back to last year as well when the players did... Well, I mean, the lap of honour. I mean, you compare it to this year's. I think it was a couple of fans in the stadium for that one. I think there was a lot of fans that were very upset by the way it was conducted as well last year's. I think, you know, the players that came out and gave a very half-assed kind of round of applause to the supporters. This year, you've got Conte kind of looking up at the big monitors in the same way that Pops did at the last day of White Hart Lane. And again, the, just the whole feeling of the club is just like, it's. I can't believe how far away it feels now and you remember when we were booing the, the substitution of Lucas Moore, uh, of Lucas Moura for Steven Bergvine as well. As Chris said, that was only back in October. So it's, it's just unbelievable kind of how far we've we've come under Conte as well. And the stats back up as well. I think the last 10 games or so, you know, we've had, I think we've had like the highest XG, um, you know, we've had the highest, uh, the, or I think it's the third uh, lowest XG against as well. And then you look at the points we've collected. I think we're three points behind Liverpool since Conte took charge as well. So I just think everything kind of, you know, just since Conte's arrived, I think we just have deserved that fourth place spot for sure.
2: It's, um, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, so it's Sorry, Rick. It, it's interesting, isn't it, how Burnley have been pivotal in this Tottenham story after the game hmm. at Turf Moor. So where so true. We were just, I can't say the word on a family show like yours, Rick, but we were that bad, if not worse. And even Conte came out, didn't he, afterwards and said... I'm not sure this is perhaps the job for me. And then after that brilliant win against the other lot, it was a horrible game Sunday. I hated watching every minute of it. But, you know, the mentality, the game plan, and actually a little bit of the dark arts Alicante got us through. And, you know, Burnley have been a real part, I think, of the story of Tottenham this season. And I hope they stay up, actually. I know a lot of people don't like them, but I hope they stay up. I've got a funny feeling Leeds will be filling that other spot. But uh, the turnaround from Burnley to Burnley. Mm. I mean, we would never have said, looking at the fixtures list, would we? You know, that game with Burnley, if you win that, we're we're almost, you know, literally almost very, very close. Can't bring myself to say it in the Champions League.
0: That was the same as Chris, that when I was doing that Burnley show after the game, I thought we were looking for our second manager of the season. I was, it was mad. I was doing this show yeah. after Burnley and these comments were coming through. The Conte's press master, presser was coming in. I was thinking, oh my God, we're not searching for another one. It took us every Day, 72, to find the first, first manager this season. Were you going to come back in there, Chris?
3: I was going to say, um, you think uh, back to that game, you know, ever since then, Every single match that we have played, you know, these players, in my eyes, have given, you know, one, two, three percent more in every single game. So as the season has gone on, the players have improved more and more and more. And even in recent games, Emerson Royale, for instance, you know, has been heavily criticised as have all of our fullbacks this season. You know, when you look at the fullbacks, how they have all come on, You know, Emerson Royale playing with real confidence at the moment, Um, you know, as Jamie said, Um, You know, if we did get in more, um, uh, you know, another right wing back or another left wing back, you know, the the, the things that Antonio Conte has done and improved these players for this season has been remarkable. You know, who would have said that we would have all been disappointed when Matt Doherty was out injured? You know, it's these sorts of things that you've got to look at. And every single player throughout the squad have contributed to this top four finish. But he's, he's done that as
4: well with other clubs as well. I think I remember at Chelsea when he made and um Alonso and, and uh, Victor Moses like the two best wing-backs in the league. I think a Victor Moses who'd just come back on loan from Stoke and then I think Alonso who kind of maybe had a difficult time at, uh, I think it was Fiorentina, I think they signed him from. And I mean, just the way he transforms them. He's done that with so many different players as well. So, you know, I, I'm very confident that he'll do the same. And, and you just think back to maybe games like the Liverpool match. I think if you'd have had... Two top-class wing backs. I just, I think we would have beaten Liverpool and build. It's kind of yeah. games like that where, you know, he's twice yeah. done a job on Klopp. He's twice, uh, once done a job on uh, Guardiola as well. I mean, it, you know, again, it's just unbelievable to think that you just look at the how many key components of a Conte side you're missing. I know Cecil Young and, and Emerson, you could say, have done a decent job, but I think if you had two quality wing backs. I mean, it's, yeah, that's just, it's just an exciting thought. I mean, I, I think I remember coming out of the, um, the Newcastle game as well and just thinking, I mean, if you had quality fullbacks, you maybe had a, another central midfielder, more like a creative midfielder, maybe a left-sided centre-back. You know, and we're, we're, we're doing that to a team like Newcastle. We're beating them 5-1, even with, you know, so many key components missing. So, mm. uh, that for me is, is quite an exciting thought.
0: Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. I really do. And we must also just emphasise it, you gave me Hanfield, you know, Funny, many people questioning a couple of weeks ago. Just was that point worth it at Anfield? When you look at the factor now, God, how critical was that point at Anfield? Massively important. Yeah, well, I, I think
4: as well. The it was the Brentford point as well because I think I, I think that's right. I mean, if you have got those two point, you know, the draw at Brentford and the think the draw mm. at Liverpool. I think I'm right in saying this, but yeah, I'm sure it is because I know a lot of people were very disappointed by that result at Brentford, but. For me, I think sometimes you've got to know when, when you're not going to win a match and you've just yeah, got to you don't take the point. And yeah. I, I think in that game, it just proved that right. And the, the frustrating one is the Brighton one. Because, cool. of course, you yeah. know, had we got that point, had we not have you know, conceded late on, and hopefully next season, you know, points will be, you know, a point or a draw, you know, when hopefully when we're, we're, we're aiming for high next season. But I think this year, it's, it's just frustrating at times where maybe we could have you know, play for a draw. So I think in that game against Brentford, you've got to give the team credit for, for not losing that one because I think that was going to be a very difficult place to go with Fenner facing a Brentford side who were in uh, banging form. So I know a lot of people were very upset by that one. But
0: uh, again, that was an important point in the end. So, mm. yes. Absolutely. Guys, what we will do is we will go for our first break of the show for our listeners and audio.
5: Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organisations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train, and retain them. Phoenix 51 empowering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey.
0: In this next segment, we're just going to have a look and see, obviously, of course, why Champions League football is important for the football club, and also how that impacts Antonio Conte's long-term future at Spurs. Now, I think we all know that, obviously, since appointing Conte in the hot seat back in November now, it feels like a long time ago. Nuno, I feel, feels like a different season now. I think we all agree that that feels now... Just that feels like a completely different period of the football club. And I know being there on the weekend, I know Chris as well probably look up the screen thinking, when Nuno flashed up on there, I was like, God, was that this season? It just feels like such a long time ago, the Nuno appointment. And it just shows you how far we've come. There was that period, as Russ mentioned, Burnley away, where Conte oh. was almost, was it was almost, felt like he was quitting on the spot. It was the most bizarre presser. And at that point, I have to say that um, I think we all feared the worst. But what we can see is since that period, as you reference. There has been a steady progression with the players that have built into what Conte's believed, and we've seen a steady progression. The way the players have managed games, they've learned from their mistakes. In what was a critical week for the football club, Arsenal in North London derby, Spurs had to win. They came through that. They then had the battle, of course, of a Burnley game at twelve o'clock. We know twelve o'clock midday kickoffs. Spurs just always seem to struggle. The atmosphere was fantastic in that stadium, and credit to THFC flags, Spurs song sheets, who really did help bring the supporters together and, you know, make an atmosphere that we needed to get Spurs in the position they are now where Champions League football is in their own hands. I just want to ask you guys that, you know, we've missed out on Champions League income for the previous two seasons. And I think we always know for the club, it's imperative to aim to achieve a top four finish for what the club want to try and build at Tottenham. And of course with Conte now, they have got a manager that is renowned for winning leagues winning titles wherever he's been. Yes, he has struggled in European football. I think we have to be honest and say that that European football hasn't been one of his strongest areas. But what I want to ask you guys is that what do you think it is going to take for Conte to commit long term to the project in terms of finances, in terms of reassurance? And how do you see Russ that conversation heading into the summer with Paraty, with Daniel Levy, of course, providing we do get the right result on Sunday in Spurs do secure the top
2: four finish? Well, I think if Tottenham, um, make the champions league, we're all praying for it. Um, you know, even statistically, it's highly likely, uh, Chris thinks we're definitely going to do it, but he's put his head above the parapet. Conte goes into the meeting with Daniel Levy, uh, unsackable, uh, Daniel Levy for once in his life is going to have to bend over and have his tummy tickled a little bit. And, um, I think uh, he will get certainly two wing-backs, central midfielder, another striker at the club, and I think he might look at a goalkeeper as well. Not that I'm saying Hugo is bad, but we need a couple of really strong goalkeepers. Uh, Jordan Pickford, for example, if Everton had gone down, I I think Tottenham would have talked to him, for example. Uh, But, you know, in midfield... Do we need a locksmith or do we need somebody who's a ball winner and the heart of the team and picks them up when things aren't going well? In the traditional sense, if you like, of a a hard midfielder. We don't really have that. If we got somebody like that, could Bentoncourt be the locksmith and do the clever little passes? He's got it in his locker. So that's going to be an interesting conundrum. You know, do we want Dybala at Tottenham? I see that he's offered himself to Arsenal Apparently, if they get in the Champions League, well, what a meaningless statement that's going to turn out to be. You know, would we want a player like him? We've flirted with him before, haven't we? At Tottenham, don't know. Do we want to get younger players in? I mean, all this needs to be answered. Uh, But Mm -hmm. as long as Daniel Levy says Antonio, you're going to have to offload a few. And I don't think any of our viewers would be that confused as to who they may be Mm -hmm. and Dombele being one of them. Yep. And get the money in. I'm going to give you extra. Uh, I think if he is, fi- if he, if he's made to feel loved, and he should be, if he gets Spurs in the Champions League, done an unbelievable job. If it happens, uh, then Conte stays without tantrums and for longer the next season because it's quite right in my opinion that Daniel Levy actually realizes that you've got to have a manager for at least two seasons, maybe. Three, and I want the chairman who has been good for Tottenham. We can't deny that overall. Um, he's got to forget about the NFL and concerts and realize that the money for Tottenham and the success of the franchise, which I hate that word, and repaying the stadium is all done through the football club. Tottenham Hotspur yes. is a football club, and he's really got to embrace that, Daniel Levy. And the way he'll do that and prove it to the fans is give Antonio what he wants. Sign up Antonio, assuming that Conte wants to stay. I'm sure he will. And then we can all move forward and be pretty optimistic. And I was just thinking about it. I mean, Conte's, you know, Jamie was saying he's he's under a bit of pressure in the Champions League because uh, you know, Maurizio Pochettino got us to the final. Didn't we? Yeah,
0: It's it, it's interesting because Conte's record, and we've, we've said this on the show, it's not the strongest in terms of Europe. I mean, no. Jake, coming over to you. You know, it's interesting from the second minute in that stadium on, uh, of course, against Burnley, the fans are singing Antonio's name. Second minute. You know, he's got an unbelievable amount of support at the moment. And you do feel that when he goes into that meeting with Daniel Mm -hmm. Levy, with Fabio Perattici in the summer, you do feel to some extent he holds all the cards. That's why I was a little bit surprised. I don't know if you guys had noticed this, if you've seen the chairman's Daniel Levy statement over the weekend. You know, I thought Conte was very fleetingly mentioned within that statement. I thought he would have been given a lot more praise for the job he's done at Tottenham's. I do think that unless Conte would have come in, I don't think Spurs would find themselves going into the final game of the season with Champions League football in their own hands to be secured. Is it a bit of, at the moment, Jay, devil's ad, well, do, how, how do you see that with, the, with that meeting? Because you feel Daniel probably doesn't want to give away too much. He doesn't want to maybe let Conte know just how much he needs him, because mm. he may be concerned about how much money he can allocate to what Conte wants. Because I think we all know with Conte, I've said it before, Conte's a win now manager. And yeah. I've always felt with Tottenham, I'm not too sure as a club if we are all win now, or if we're a steady progressive club, and like Maurizio, we built and built and built and then tried to win. I think mm. Conte, as I said before, Conte's coming here not to achieve top four. He wants to win trophies, he wants to win titles. Yeah. And my biggest concern has always been with the Spurs as a club, are prepared to change for Antonio Conte, whether this ball is prepared to change for this one manager? What do you mm. think? Yeah, I, I mean,
4: yeah so I, I think the interesting thing will kind of be the compromise between signing younger players the, the way the club usually like to and the compromise between the club or uh, Antonio Conte wants to sign experienced players. But I do also think you look at some of that January business we did, Benzinkur and, and uh, Kulusevski. I mean, these are two pretty young players. I mean, is 21, Benzincourt's 24 as well. So, you know, these are two guys that are, are young and, and have made such a difference. Even Conte, you know, Conte's been able to improve them tenfold. So, I think in terms of, you know, Daniel Levy will look at that and think, well, you look at, I've, I've given them money to go and spend in January, um, Peratici as well, and they've gone and signed two players that have just hit the ground running. So, I think he needs to look at it as well, Daniel Levy, and think, well, look, I've got two guys here that I can trust. And, you know, as well, he's brought in a sporting director. I just think at the time, I think last summer, we maybe didn't do as much as we wanted to or expected to do. Um, But, you know, you feel as though when he's now got a manager in place that he trusts, he's got a sporting director who's kind of, um he, he trusts as well. You know, he's surely got to go and back them. He's, he's seen that they can work together so well. And I'm so confident for kind of that relationship they have together, Conte and I just feel as though, you know, um, Paratici knows exactly what uh, Conte needs. We went and saw two Conte pl- players almost brought in, you know, two players that have got the right mentality, that just have, you know, that are just their Conte players. So I'm really excited to see how that relationship gets on. And I'm confident that they'll go again in the summer. And I just think Daniel Levy's got to trust them and, and uh, go and go again with and, and sign more
0: likes of uh, Benson Kill and Kulisevsky. How important, Chris, for you is it that in the summer you, you see that renewal of the contract for Antonio Conte because i thought of this you know a lot this season i don't know how we're going to go into next season with champions league football without champions league football and conte having less than 12 months to run on a contract do you feel that's going to have to be addressed next or this this summer regardless of whatever european competition spurs are in
3: 100% um he said earlier on the season that he's not a magician i completely disagree antonio conte has been a magician this season to get us uh, you know, hopefully getting us a a, a top four spot on Sunday. He has been absolutely superb for the club. Um, I completely agree with what Jamie said um, about uh, the club like to sign young players. But I believe that next season and during the summer, Antonio Conte will want a couple of players who have been there, uh, done it, got the T-shirt and won things and and, and bringing in winners and experienced players. I think that's very important for any football club. Um, Now, going forward, um, you know, I always talk about club direction. I think that it's that so important about club direction this season. You know, when we look at previous seasons, of course, the 2018-2019, Pochettino took us to a Champions League final where, you know, we, we was beyond all of our widest, wildest dreams about, you know, reaching a Champions League final. And then, of course, the decline because, you know, the next season we were knocked out by RB Leipzig under Jose Mourinho, a completely different manager. The following season we're knocked out of the Europa League, uh, by Dynamo Zagreb and then of course this season I find myself uh, going to the first European game uh, you know since Covid at Paco de Ferreira in Portugal in the Europa Conference League so Champions League is exactly where we want to be because these last couple of seasons there has been a huge decline in the football club and under Antonio Conte we have to keep this guy for as long as possible Um, You know, I talk about trophies all the time, you know, jokingly uh, talking about trophies. But our last trophy was 2008. If there's anyone that is going to bring Spurs a trophy, surely it is this guy. And I cannot see as a Spurs fan that you go from Pochettino to Jose Mourinho. um, I'm I'm not even going to talk about Nuno. But then Antonio Conte, how can you have three world-class, absolutely superb managers and not deliver trophies at our football club? So, you know, for what Antonio Conte has done, Since the 1st of November, you know, being appointed uh, Spurs manager. This is why I'm so excited. Give him a transfer window in the summer. Um, You know, give him a pre season because the first, you know, that's another point. It's the first ever time that he's managed a club mid season. He loves the pre season, that is extremely important to him. Um, So, you know, give him all of these things and, and give him what he wants. As Russ said earlier, then I'm so excited about this manager because when he talks about, you know, not losing the game, Uh, you know, getting a draw at certain places. And as Jamie said, you know, very important to get a draw at Liverpool, very important to get a a draw at Brentford. You know, these points are going to put us, you know, in Champions League for next season. So he's such a magician and I'm so excited, but he must be backed in the right way. Um, I believe that we need to really concentrate Um, On the bench as well, because, uh, you know, Uh, had we had had injuries in the last couple of months, we would have really struggled, Um, you know, particularly that there's a a new rule in the Premier League next season um, about five subs. So that's extremely important as well. Um, But ultimately, you know, if we all ask ourselves uh, the question, (laughs) what is Antonio Conte here for? It is to win things. He is yeah. not here. He, he said himself, he's, he's not here for to, to, ah. to, to finish sixth or eighth or whatever. He's here to put trophies in the cabinet. And uh, it's funny, Conte reminds me a lot of Pochettino, that togetherness is back. He is a serial winner, um, as the comment says on screen now. Um, he's won trophies everywhere. He's gone. Yes, people could say that about Jose Mourinho, but this just feels so different. This feels... Um, you know, so different. Like, you know, everyone's got a smile on their face. Everyone feels differently about the club at the moment. And it just feels like real exciting times ahead. So this guy needs to be backed in the best way possible in the summer.
0: How do you see, Russ? You mentioned earlier about that conversation you're going to have with Daniel and Fabio when he goes into that. Yeah. Is that a foregone conclusion that he's going to get exactly what he wants? Because when we look back at the years, not every manager has got that. But you do feel with Conte that He's probably, I would be honest with you, I think he would hold the most strength out of all those previous managers that have gone into a summer and achieved what he's about to achieve when Spurs were ninth when he took over the football club and in complete, yeah. really disarray. You know, we have to remind viewers and listeners and they don't, don't really remind we've got a really knowledgeable audience. Uh, Spurs weren't even having shots on target alone scoring goals. It's mad, really. Absolutely yeah. mad.
2: I, I think that... Daniel knows his CV. Fabio Paratici knows his CV, obviously. Um, I think he, if if Tottenham get in the Champions League, compared to where we were at that Burnley game, it's nothing short of a miracle. Um, as Chris said earlier, I mean, it just would be an extraordinary achievement. I think Antonio Conte will sit down and say to Daniel Levy, Daniel, this is your chance to do things differently, to shoot for the stars in a sensible way. Because when you look back, even under Poch and previous, all the managers we've had in the last 20 years, there's been great times. No trophies since 2008. And now, we've got a guy who is a, a serial winner. Imagine being his next door neighbour the other night when Arsenal were at Newcastle, <laughs> you know, he would have had to go around and apologise to the neighbour. Sorry, I make so much noise. I repeat, I'm sorry. You know, that, the man that, that is, would have got, that would have got the passionate. most views on Conte Cam. Conte camp. Yeah, Cam. Yeah. I think that he has to make it so clear to Daniel Levy, the direction of the football club that, Chris was talking about and giving his views on has to be different. And that is exactly as Jay said, yes, we want some young players. We've got to bring in some experience and we've got to do it the Antonio way Mm -hmm. and give him some time, a couple of full seasons. And then hopefully some silverware will be coming along. Of course, it's not one way traffic. If he doesn't deliver starts going wrong we know that Daniel can say thank you very much, good night, off you go, and there'll be somebody else. But it feels different this time, and I think the way that we go forward on the pitch uh, with the squad, with a stronger bench. How many times have, have we heard, um, you know, commentators say? And how annoying is it that Alan Smith is always on our games? It winds me up so much. But anyway, the, they look at the Tottenham bench, say, "Great starting 11, but look at that bench. It's yeah. not really very strong. We now, with this squad of players that we've got in the addition, have to be in a position where first game of the season they say, Well, that's a great starting eleven, but look at their bench, Tottenham. How they've come on, they mean business. And that I, for me, that's what I expect.
4: The other just just another thing I wanted to point out in terms of whether we will spend money. And I, I think one thing that's maybe been a bit unfair on Daniel Levy and the club. I know they get a lot of the time they get that they don't spend a lot of money, but I think Spurs actually have spent a fair bit of money. We saw that in the Champions League year when we spent nearly £150 million. I don't necessarily, for me, the problem hasn't been how much we've spent. It's been how we've spent it. I mean, that summer, I mean, I don't need to remind everyone that 2019 summer of how bad it was. Mm. You know, a couple of, you know, the last couple of summers and transfer windows have been shocking. But then you look at kind of the difference. Maybe last summer's, I think, was maybe a bit of hit and miss. But we've had the likes of Christian Romero come in. Um, And then, of course, we saw in January. So, I think the club will will actually spend money. And, of course, the last time we were in the Champions League, we we spent £150 million in that summer. So, I I think the club will spend money. They have spent money in the past before. And, again, I think that Daniel Levy, he'll look at what they did in January. And I think he knows that there is real trust there. And, And if he is to get into that Champions League as well, from the position that we're in, I just think that everything will point towards Daniel Levy spending. And I know a lot of people will be shouting through the screen you know, he he doesn't spend money, but I said I, I do think they would do spend money. It's just been how they have spent it. And Now he's got a sporting director in place, he's got the manager in place, and uh, I I'm re- I'm really confident for this summer. And I know we always say that, but I I genuinely am confident for this summer.
3: That mm-hmm. that should be the difference, though. Fabio Prasci and Antonio Conte, their relationship. That should be the real difference, because. Now, Fabio's doing all of the, uh, the scouting and looking at all of the potential signings. Antonio Conte is constantly speaking to him every single day. I am so excited about that relationship going forward. And as you have said, Jay, the, the, the recruitment hasn't been the best. And it's funny because in that summer that when we did spend all of that money, um, you know, up to that summer, we hadn't spent a penny in 518 days. So you would have thought that the signings would have been better. Um, yes, we have spent money in the past, but there haven't been uh, on the right players. But hopefully, you know, with this new team uh, under Antonio Conte, it will be different.
4: I, I just think the relationship, sorry, Ricky, just, I just think the relationship between those two, I just, I don't think it was any coincidence that we saw Benz and, and Kulusevski come in and, and hit the ground running. I think that Pratici knew exactly what Conte needs in terms of the mentality, knew those two players, Kulusevski and Benzikur, knew exactly what they're like, their qualities, you know the, their mentality, so and I and I just think he knew exactly right players for, for Conte. So he knows Conte so well; he's been successful with him in the past, and uh, yeah, I, I really think he'll he'll do the same again at Spurs.
0: How, how common are you, Chris? You know, we talk about business being done early. Do you think they're already Chris in the process of identifying players now? Because you would think that's the point of obviously Paraguay being there to oversee. Like we've said, recruitment—that the club are already actively working on players. You know, we're hearing links, of course, likes of Christian Eriksen, Paulo Dybala. How important is that, Chris? We that we see intention and ambition from very, very early on. You know, I remember Luka Modric, for example. We had Modric signed up very early on in the summer before he came to the club. You know, is that what you'd like to see the club showing that from the very early off season to have players lined up, so we're not in that situation where we come. As we know, it's going to be early this season. We're going to start in the first week of August as opposed to the second week of August. We need to see intention early, don't we? And I'm sure Conte's going to want to see that as well, going into a season where, please God, we've got Champions League football. And I'm sure as well, Chris, you don't need to tell you this, we want to be competitive in all the Cups, right?
3: Of course. Of course. That's what I said Antonio Conte is here to win things. So he will want a team to, um, you know, compete uh you know for the champions league he will want to be competing for the premier league i am expecting an extremely busy summer with lots of players coming in lots of players going out the door you remember we're still going to offload the likes of tongi on and giovanni LaCelso, 100 million pounds spent on them um, but in answer to your question about how early um these deals are done you know i think that we have to change as a football club in that regard And, you know, when you're bringing in Fabio Prasci to do the job that he is doing and you're bringing in a world-class manager like Antonio Conte, you have got to change the way that we, um, you know, what we haven't done in previous seasons. We have to get deals done early. Um, I'm not expecting us to go out and spend hundreds and hundreds of millions, but I'm expecting the, uh, you know, Fabio and, and Antonio Conte to Go out and identify players where they are really going to strengthen our team and be the real difference, exactly like Benton Kerr and Kuloszewski. Because, you know, how many people said, Oh, we've signed a couple of Juventus rejects? And as I keep saying on my channel, if these are Juventus rejects, then just just keep giving them, give, keep giving yeah, them, give them some, because some you know, they, yeah. they, they, they've, they've hit the ground running. They've had a, a great season, both of them from January. Um, yeah. But I am expecting a huge, huge summer going forward. And uh, I'm expecting a squad at the start of next season, to be competing for for uh, for, for for trophies.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Uh, guys, what we will do is we will go for our final break of the show for our listeners on audio. Taking into to this final break of the show, we've been very kind to be joined by quite a number of Norwich City podcasters that are giving us their thoughts on the game on Sunday. Are they going to ruin the party? Of course they will not. Fingers crossed, as we've heard from a buoyant Chris Cadens, brilliant Jamie Brown from the Daddy Hotspur. And fantastic Russ Williams, who's been joining us
5: on the last one on Spurs. Chris Ree from Talk Nora City here. Hello. I hope everyone in the Spurs world is well. I guess the answer to that is yes. And I'm sure, you sods, you're all looking forward to a very comfortable victory at Carrow Road this weekend. Massive thanks to Last Word on Spurs for having me for a little preview ramble. So let's do it. First of all, um, state of state of play in the world of Norwich City, if you will, it's blooming miserable. We are actually quite happy that we managed to get a point away at Wolves, who have been monumentally average this season. Last time out, um, Pookie still delivering the goods despite circumstances. Um, announced this week, Player of the Season. He has been probably the only shining light. Really, it's yet again been. A disappointing season and one that's really, I guess, humbled Norwich City fans because I think we've all realised that being self-funded in the Premier League now simply won't cut the Coleman's mustard. And it's a shame, right? Because, and I always say this, I think opposition fans should really should really appreciate and value what Norwich City are trying to do, bringing through youth players. Uh, as I say, self-funding, you know, owned by Delia and bless her heart, she's put her heart and soul into keeping this club alive, but she's literally down to her last peanuts. And I guess the real big disappointment for us, which is why I'm saying it's been a humbling season for us, is that we were, I think it was, we ended up being the 13th top spenders in Europe this season, having spent 50 around 50 to 55 million in the in the summer window and almost every signing didn't work so Stuart Weber, our sporting director is now under a hell of a lot of pressure more than ever before and things are getting toxic at Carrow Road and uh, I guess that's what you Spurs fans will, will will want to hear going into the game at the weekend so that's the state of play with Norwich City I really hope and pray that we can bounce back but the mentality at Norwich right now is not even on the floor it's like at minus four it's so poor Um, but anyway I'm not here to moan about Norwich I'm here to fill you in on what I think will happen this weekend so first of all I think the lineup will be Angus Gunn in goal top up and coming goalkeeper will be given a chance um, in in place of Tim Krull, the Holland international, who has been absolutely fantastic for us over his Norwich City career, but he has made a few mistakes in recent weeks and he's now been uh, removed from the team for Angus Gunn. He will be in between the sticks. The back line will consist, would you believe it, of Sam Byram, who has been injured for the last pretty much two seasons. Um, he is now back in the fold and he's returning as a center back <laughs> rather rather than a right back so that's uh, I guess an area that Spurs can can really scrutinize at the, at the weekend alongside um, probably Ben Gibson, but possibly Grant Hanley. You might also potentially see a back five, but that's a bit up in the air at the moment because we've tried and tested probably 16 different, <laughs> 16 different formations this season and personnel. Um, so that's probably what you're gonna see at the back. Uh, obviously right back will be uh, Maxi Ahrens, um, who sadly for Norwich City has probably lost a tremendous amount of value this season. Not that you care about that. Although he was rumoured to go to Spurs at one point, and I've been told that Jose wasn't wanting to sign him because he wasn't tall enough. Fun fact for you. Left back, you're going to see Dimi Giannoulis. Um... Really, really good player, exciting player, one that I'm hoping and praying will keep next season. Midfield, you'll probably see Pierre Les Malou. You will sadly see Billy Gilmore, I say sadly because he's been absolutely woeful this season and I guess Tottenham fans will be pleased to hear that because he's meant to be the next up-and-coming Chelsea protégé, but honestly, if he hasn't got good players around him, it's just not going to work. Um, you're going to see Milo Rashica, relatively exciting player out wide. Uh, you're going to see Timu Puki up top. Um, you might see Dowell Kieran Dowell up top, but honestly, it's quite hard to actually, you know, fill you in on the exact lineup, right? Um, but that's roughly-ish what I predict you might see. Um, and then in terms of how I think the game will go, I think it will be—I do think it'll be comfortable. And if you guys score in the first 15 minutes, you could probably expect a five or six-nil win. Um, if you score full stop, we ain't going to get one back. The only way that this could go wrong for Spurs is if you have a defensive nightmare in the first 20 and we manage to score and somehow, somehow defend and stop Son and Kane. But it's not going to work. This is going to be a comfortable one for Tottenham and that's why my score prediction is, and I hate to say it, Norwich City nil, Tottenham Hotspur 4. Or maybe five. Thanks so much to Last Word on Spurs for having me on. Hopefully I'll be talking to you guys season after next. And on the ball, City.
1: Hello, Last Word on Spurs, guys. It's Michael Bailey here, Norwich City correspondent for The Athletic. Hope you're all well. Um, To be honest, I imagine that uh, if you'd hand-picked a fixture for your final game, you probably would have picked the one you've got. Maybe you'd have rather played it at home than at Carroll Road. Uh, but still there's no hiding that Norwich have been uh, pretty weak this season so in terms of wanting a win on the final day uh, it's probably a good place to, for you all to start um, it will be quite amusing uh, the Arsenal fans experiencing what it's been like being an orange fan for for just one weekend and hoping that the uh, team in yellow could actually earn a positive result um I imagine they will then probably experience what it's been like to be a Norwich fan all season and not get it. Um, in terms of what the team lineup will look like, it is um, a little bit unpredictable with it being the last game of the season. There are one or two injuries, there are lone players and, and Dean Smith has probably got to look at what he wants to do with that. They are still hoping that they could finish above Watford as well, but realistically they would need to beat Spurs to achieve that. Uh so I would imagine what we're looking at uh there is a debate over who goes in goal tim Krull has a pretty good record I think against tottenham but angus Gunn has started the last few uh, last few games so on form I would expect angus to start if tim starts that might raise a question mark over his future beyond this summer at norwich we'll have to see um dean smith did play a 5-3-2 at Wolves, where Norwich drew 1-1 last weekend, uh, that was a back three of Sam Byram, Grant Hanley and Ben Gibson from right to left. Max Aarons then playing as right wing back, but he did push on quite high and that kind of allowed Byram to almost fill in as, as full back and Norwich switched to a four if they wanted uh, in game, and depending if they had the ball or not. Uh, Dimi Yanoulis, Greek international, then at left back. In midfield, it's probably quite tricky here because Billy Gilmore and Matthias Norman who is on loan for the season and won't be coming back. Uh, well, likewise Billy Gilmore, in fact. Uh, both picked up injuries at Molyneux. So I would imagine both may not make it on Sunday. We will see. Um, that would mean that Jakob Zernsen would probably be in the middle with Pierre on one side, and I would guess Lucas Rupp on the other. And then a top two of Tamer Pukki, who is you know, one of Norwich's few Premier League quality players, as proven. And... Kieran Dowell has been playing alongside who played alongside him at Wolves, and he's one of the few who this season has looked capable of pro- providing regular service for Temu. So there's a little bit of a potential partnership there. Um, so that is what I would expect the lineup to be should Uh, Dean Smith keep with the same formation but he may opt to go back to a 4-3-3, he may uh, go to a 4-2-3-1 which he'd played for a few weeks before but there are a few players who have been out over the last few weeks and months, one of those being Adam Eder, who did pretty well up at or down at Spurs uh, in the fixture back in December so um, he's had to contend with that a little bit. Um, So we will see, it will be interesting who he he plays. the one thing I would say is that actually when, when Norwich have taken the lead, uh, they have been pretty good at getting something from games. It happened at Molyneux at the weekend when Norwich took the lead and came away with a draw, probably should have won the game. And generally when they've been ahead, they've actually been pretty strong and they can be quite awkward to break down. It's just that it's happened so infrequently. And once they do concede one goal, then they do tend to concede two, three, four, especially if that is the opening goal. So um, I would imagine you guys will be hoping that you get that first goal and then it you might be all right from that point on. Uh, Certainly try to avoid conceding the first goal. Um, So, yeah, ultimately, that's uh, that's how that goes. Um, What I probably would finish on in terms of a prediction is that actually I've, I've kind of got a funny feeling Norwich it would be absolutely sod's law norwich go and get something from this game um, so maybe they do take the lead maybe it does finish 1-1 or 2-2 and let's be honest even if arsenal beat everton which i imagine they will do uh, that would still be enough for you guys to finish where you want to finish so um, in that case everyone would be happy um or at least in this part of the world as happy as you can be having been relegated with four games to go hope you enjoy it don't know when we'll see you again don't know where, don't know when. But
6: enjoy it. Hello everybody. Thank you for welcoming me on The Last Word on Spurs podcast. Thank you very much, Ricky, for inviting me on, mate. Much appreciated. Yeah. so uh this is gonna be a bit of a quick preview because uh I thank God it's coming to the end for an Orange point of view. I've got quite a few Spurs friends and family who are who are Spurs fans. And um they're worried about this game on Sunday, because obviously you guys need to win and obviously Spursy Spursy and, and every team, every fan of every team would be worried in this situation to make sure they get top four. You know, you only need a draw or a win It's and you play a bottom of the team away. I mean, it almost stars a line that you won't win this game. But yeah, I mean, I would say I'm 99. 99.9% sure that Norwich City will not be getting anything from this game. We did pick up a, a, a draw against Wolves, who were, they were really, really poor. I've watched Spurs a few times this season. Watched them away at Brentford, where they were poor. Watched them at home to Brighton, where they were poor. And yeah, I can see where, what you mean by you know, there, there, there's been moments where you've been very up and down. The kind of the win loss thing all in a row. But in all honesty, um, yeah, there's there's just not a, a chance that Norwich pick up anything from the game. But the team are done. The supporters are done for the season. It's it's all just winding down very nicely now for a, a for a championship campaign really. Again, <laughs> um, so yeah. If I was a Spurs fan, I really wouldn't worry. I'd be excited because uh, I think I am almost hundred percent sure you get in top four come the end of the Sunday's game. So yeah, there's obviously a lot of things from Norwich this season. Twenty three goals scored, seventy nine conceded. It, kind of tells you everything you need to know. I think we've lost 25 of 37 games, so <laughs> yeah, I think the the game kind of symbolised perfectly. Yeah. When we played yourselves at, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, had a couple of glorious opportunities early on, then conceded a goal after starting well, and then just slowly get grounded down by the better team and end up losing the game 3-0. I think that's a harsh scoreline, but uh, yeah, I think the Kuliszewski, Son, uh, Kane kind of trio is going to be, uh, yeah, a bit too deadly really. Um, they just seem to be kicking into place now. Obviously, the, the win against Arsenal was absolutely huge. And even against a kind of tight defence like Burnley, Norwich don't really offer that, to be honest. I know there will be nerves in the Spurs' kind of end to start off with, and potentially even with the players, just that they know the pressure is on them. Norwich don't really have that defensive resilience. We, we, like I say, 79 goals conceded in 37 games is... Is enough for you to think, yeah, we can we can nick a couple at least. But again, twenty three goals scored in thirty seven games kind of shows that we're not going to be a scoring too often. Team Pukki is obviously probably the biggest main threat for us if we get him in behind or in between that that three. But again, I just can't really see how that works. I think Spurs have tightened up, especially in the last couple of games, just to make sure that they're they're getting they're getting the wins they need to get. And yeah, I think that win against Arsenal was massive, just to really give the mentality swing both ways um cool what's going to be the team well we played back five against Wolves and that actually look quite good so I'd be surprised if we didn't match you up there go back five Sam Byram who's who has been playing who is normally a right back been playing centre-back he'll probably partner Hanley and Gibson in, in, in centre-back Angus Gunn will probably be in goal I know <laughs> I know Tim Crawl's had a couple of amazing games against Tottenham especially that one at White Hart Lane where he was like 11 saves I don't think you need to worry about too much about him he's dropped out of form recently, and Angus Gunn will most likely be in goal. Max Aaron's right back. Uh, Dimitri Noudis, left back. Probably Mateus Norman in the midfield. Who will partner will be interesting. It has been pierre lewa recently. So, probably those two in the midfield. Um, then, it depends about the front three, really. There was, there's been quite a bit of change there. It could be a midfield three. It could be an attacking three. So, well, I'd imagine it will be a, a midfield two to match up Spurs and an attacking three. So I'll go John Rowe, a young, exciting youngster who's who's broken through this season. Exciting when I say that he's beaten a few players, <laughs> so Nauron no fans are more excited about him than <laughs> some of the other drops we've seen this year. Kieran Dow will most likely play, he's probably the most most uh, kind of creative player. We've got for Pukki, but he's quite easy to restrict, very one-footed, quite slow on the ball. And then the main man himself, Pukki, who if he gets a chance, he will take it. But, uh yeah, it's about giving him chances. We just haven't enough, really, this season, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I, I think you, you should be absolutely fine going, going into the game. No problem at all. You've got more than enough quality to get through. You have the desire to win. You need to kind of get, get the result either way, even a draw. I mean, I can't even see the Spurs having to hang on for a, a point or anything like that. I just think, especially the whole team atmosphere is done now for the Premier League. We're looking look to next season. I'd be amazed. It would take something monumental and completely unexpected, which we haven't seen for the other 37 games this season for Norwich to really get a result and, and pip Spurs to, 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 to a point, even a point, yeah. So, I, I'm full of confidence for Tottenham at the weekend. It's been a bit of a negative review, but when you when you look at the stats, you can see why Norwich fans are just yeah, ready for the season to end so we can go back and regroup and, and go again. Um, yeah, best of, best of bad luck I normally say for the game. My prediction is going to be two-nil Spurs. I think it'll be comfortable. I think you'll easily get top four. Like I said, I know that the Spursy thing is an issue <laughs> in the in your foul base and, and being like, are you going to get there? You definitely will. There's just no chance it's going to happen. And to be fair, Arsenal are not great to us. Uh, for, uh, Arsenal fans are not great to us uh, over the Emmy Buendia summer where they thought they were nailed on to get him so I don't think Norwich fans are going to mind them being pipped by Spurs Obviously, you gave us Ollie Skip and we're very grateful for what he did for us last season so yeah I think 2-0 best of bad luck for the game hopefully we win but can't see it and I think you'll be celebrating top 4 thanks for having us on you can find us all on Cards on all channels all socials and yeah look forward to maybe coming back and <laughs> not next season but the season after with that whole yo-yo effect but yeah thanks for having us on much appreciated I
0: must say, um, nearly 900, over a 1,000 of you watching us live, so thank you so much. We're battling, uh you know, again, a, a European final, which please God, not in this competition, obviously the elite competition, where we're looking forward to hopefully holding ourselves next season, being in it. Let's not get too carried away, of course, let's qualify for it first. And of course, we've got lots to look forward to. But guys, turning our attention to Norwich to come at the weekend. I mean, it's fair to say, Norwich, to be fair, they put in a really spirited display against Wolves last weekend to end that five-game losing streak. And when we say about Norwich, you know, obviously they're already down, but they will want to be playing for pride and want to bow out of the Premier League on a high. Chris, to start with you, Brendan, on your confidence so far of this show. How do you think Spurs will actually approach this game, knowing that they only need a draw, minimum draw, to obviously secure Champions League football?
3: I don't see anything but a 4-0 win, Rick. I'm so confident about this game. I really am. Um, Yeah, people have been asking me all week, how do I feel about the Norwich game? I feel very, very confident about it. Um, I think that Hunmin Son and Harry Kane will get on the score sheet again. I think that we will have a uh, fantastic performance. I think that the away end will be absolutely buzzing. I cannot wait to go up to Carrow Road, uh, you know, the weekend and uh, really looking forward to the game. But I, ca- I cannot see anything but a win. We're on such a high at the moment. Uh, you know, we want to finish the season on a high. We want to finish the season in fourth spot. Hunmin will want that, um, you know, the golden boot as well. Um, you know, it's a huge day for the football club and it will be one hell of a celebration at a way end when we clinch that fourth spot. And uh, as I keep saying, I want to hear that Champions League music. I cannot wait.
6: Mm.
0: Yeah, no, listen, I, d- I do share optimism. I, I can't help but just want to get to 5.45, 5.47 on Sunday night and then hopefully unleash with joy fingers crossed. Russ, come over to you. um, Just to put into context Norwich's season. So Norwich have won and drawn just five and seven games respectively. They've lost the other 25 matches. Their goal difference (laughs) is minus 56. Uh, They rank bottom of the XG charts with 31. And even then, they've underachieved that. They've only got 23 goals to their name. So, Anything to fear, Russ, apart from the word Tottenham? The only thing to fear
2: is fear itself, as somebody once said. Um, Probably not. But, I I mean, I think we'll get the job done, whether it's 4-0, 0-0, 1-1, 2-1, 3-1, 2-2. I think we'll we'll get the job done. We have to get the job done. Uh, Those days of being that word that you don't like, Chris, are over. This is the different future. And I I think, uh, and I hope Sonny gets a golden boot because uh, he's just such a lovely bloke apart from a great great footballer. And somebody said to me the other night, I don't know if this is true, if any of you know this, obviously it's a military service in South Mm. Korea. I mean, he would be if he was in the armed forces over there, not a footballer, in the special forces. Mm. It was that good. Yeah, and I think we saw a little bit of that on Rob Holding, didn't we? There you go. <laughs> uh, life's cruel. Um, but yeah, I think we'll get the job done. Uh, you know, Norwich they'll be away for a year and then they'll be back. They do that all the time, yeah. Uh, and they'll probably put up a little bit of a spirited push here, there, and everywhere. Dean Smith is a proud man, uh, you know, they're nice. Club dealer will get on the sauce and get on the mic at half time when they're Chris. I hope you're right. Four nil down. Who knows what's gonna happen apart from we'll get the job done and uh, hopefully Champions League next season. Well, if we get the job done, it will be. So Keep I'm up, not you. saying I'm not saying a word to anybody who's Arsenal or in public because it's a dish best served cold. on Five forty seven.
0: Before I before go over to Jamie Russell, are you, uh, <laughs> will you be keeping an eye at all on that Arsenal game or are you solely focused on what's going on at Carrad Road?
2: Um, on, on it,
0: be honest, honestly.
2: Well, I share a house. My other <laughs> half is a gooner Very uh, quiet uh, on the sofa the other night she was. I can bet. I, bet. I was very quiet at the first game of the Emirates. In fact, I was furious, <laughs> uh, as we all were. Um yeah, I mean, I, I I will keep an eye on, on all of them. I, I think it depends how Everton get on tomorrow, but if if it doesn't go all their own way, they might have something to do. And, you know, mentally, Arsenal could have gone after our game and, and that result at Newcastle. They've got suspensions, they've got some injuries, and uh, it could be a very uncomfortable afternoon for them. But as we know, never write their luck off because they're mm. famous for it.
0: Yeah, no, I do agree. Jay, come over to you. Uh, I think looking at Norwich, if we're being honest in in detail, I think the the one player that potentially could pose a threat is um, Billy Gilmore, the Scotsman on loan from Chelsea. I think he's been their most potent threat. Uh, He's been their most successful creator in the Premier League from uh, set pieces, free kicks, corners. He's pretty much been really one of their own attacking options. I mean, Timo Pukki, he's the team's leading assist maker with three to his name. Any concerns, Jay? Going into Norwich, should we be concerned? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to balance it out here. I mean, this should be a walkover, but it is Spurs. Um,
4: oh, it's, it's so difficult. No, no, there shouldn't there shouldn't be any concerns. I, as again, I, I really think the content will set them up in in a professional way. I don't think he'll allow for any mistakes. So no, I think you can quite commonly say that. I'm sure maybe in a week's time I'll be clipped up and you know it'll be all over Twitter that I've been saying that you know Spurs are definitely getting Champions League, but. No, I, I think you can genuinely. There's got to be confidence there, and um, do you know what? I think Russ made the point just there. I'm not. I'm not convinced Arsenal will get the win against Everton either, and it's just because you look at the way they were at full time. I just think they were kind of mentally. That's going to be very, very difficult for them to come back from. And and I know there's obviously going to be a lot of bias coming from me, but I just feel as though that's the mentality. You know, the mentality is they were completely crushed after that game. That is such a difficult thing to get back up from. So. That'll be interesting to see how they do get on at Goodison Park. But for Spurs, no, I'm very confident for this one as well. And it'll be interesting. I think Norwich aren't going to sit back. I think they'll want to maybe try and put on a bit of a show for their supporters. And I think as, we, as we well know, that, that will usually play into our hands. We've always performed best when we've played against sides who come at us. Man City's, the Liverpool's, the Leicester's. You know, we've, we've smashed them all over recent weeks. And uh, no, I, I do think we will do the same. And as much as you can say that, you know, that the word, again, that Chris doesn't like, I, I think on this occasion, I, I think we can all go in being very confident of this one, that we will get the job done. And we, we we totally deserve it as well. I mean, you look at the quality in that team as well. Christian Romero, that's a Champions League player. Harry Kane, Heung-Min Son, Juba Laurie, so many players in that team are Champions League players. They deserve to be playing in that Champions League. I mean, uh, you know, I've been watching some compilations, compilations of, of the season and I'm just thinking... Honestly, it would be an absolute travesty if these players weren't in the Champions League next year. They totally deserve to be in that competition um, and and and, and I am confident
0: they're going to get the job done uh, against Norwich on the weekend. Okay, guys. Well, um, before we go for predictions, just a little bit of team news there. Matthias Norman a t- knock against Wolves for Norwich. So, I mean, he looks like he's going to miss the final game of the season. Um, Norman is one of seven players ruled out for Norwich. I really am putting the... I, I'm not putting the knockers on here, but it, it does feel like... It is. <laughs> Russ trying to tell me the shush. I mean, from a Spurs perspective, uh, Lucas Moura, we, we probably do expect Lucas Mora to drop out with Dijan Kodasewski coming back into that starting lineup at the weekend. I mean, Davison Sanchez, I know there's been rumours that potentially Romero is trying to be fit for the game at the weekend, but you'd imagine, obviously, if Romero isn't going to make it, Davison Sanchez will step in. Although I must say, there was a brilliant, uh, I think brilliant header from Joe Roden in the last few minutes that Burnley it game. Was. Don't underestimate how big that contribution was from Joe Roden. It earned a massive bear hug from Antonio Conte at the end there. And a player that probably will feel unlucky that he hasn't had more game time this season. One that may probably look to move on. Um shout out to Hugo Lloris as well. That we know Hugo is playing with illness. And uh listen, I think he's led the team like the captain he's shown all season in difficult circumstances. I know there's been times where some have questioned whether Larissa's ability is good enough. I think from a leadership perspective, he's been one of those players that have kept those guys on the straight and narrow. And I think we can all safely say for Lloris, if anyone deserves to win a trophy, Hugo Lloris, for what he's given to this football club, he deserves it, doesn't he, guys?
4: Yeah, I mean, the thing as well, you've got to... I, I've personally, that Burnley game, I think that that was that definitely potential for kind of being a banana skin game as well. It's kind of an unprecedented turnaround as well. Yeah. Conte, I think, mentioned um, that there was obviously illnesses in the camp as well. So you've got mm. lorries playing through illness. So I just think, again, it was such a professional job to get the job done um, and, and get the win against the Burnley side, who are always going to be incredibly difficult to kind of break down. I don't think sometimes if you've just got to win like that, you know, we played Arsenal, I think, what, 60 hours prior or, or maybe less than that. I, I can't quite do the maths off the top of my head now. But I just think the team deserved massive credit for such a professional performance on the weekend in, in just getting those three points because another Spurs side or other other teams in the Premier League quite easily could have dropped points with, with such a quick turnaround with so many players being ill. So, again, I know it was only a 1-0 winning against but mm. I just thought it was really great that they did a professional job and, and got that win.
0: Totally agree. Jay, let's stick with you. Let's get your prediction in ahead of Carrow Road on Sunday
4: um <laughs> i'm gonna no, i'm gonna go for i'm gonna go for a four 0 win um and i think the human song will uh will get the golden boot um i just think he'll fancy his chances again i'll be interested to see how norwich set up i do think they'll they won't sit back I, I can't see them looking to kind of go out and frustrate us i'm sure they'll want to go and get the three points i think they'll all want to cause an upset and and kind of maybe um you know give their fans a send off when they go to Championship. But um, no, I think Spurs, again, did a prof- fantastic professional job against Burnley and I'm backing them to do the same against uh, Norwich.
0: Chris, sticking with
3: 4-0? Absolutely. And as Jamie said, this will certainly get clipped if, uh, if, if, if we lose it. <laughs> based on, based uh, on what you said
0: tonight, mate, it's been going to be clipped throughout.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. You said, you said it all though, Rick. T- t- you know, Pookie with three with assists, you know, it's the most assists. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Three goals. Yeah,
3: he has right, got
4: thir- he has got thirteen goals
0: though. So, I thought I'd leave that one out. <laughs> I didn't want to keep going about the minus fifty six goal difference either. I thought I'd probably probably messed it up <laughs> that <there> more
3: than <laughs>
1: twice. My God,
3: no, I, I just hope that well, I just I really do hope for Hunmin Son's sake that he does get the oh, golden boot because yeah. uh, he really deserved that. I, he's
1: I, been think, so
4: he's been, hard, I think he's been the best player. I think he's been the best player in the league this year yeah. as well. I think he's been. As well, he won't get the credit deserved because he's not kind no. of up there competing for the title. But for me, yeah. I mean, he's been the player of the season. I mean, mm. ridiculous record to not to not get any of those goals from penalties. I think it's unbelievable. I think Salah's got four or five as well. His goals have been penalties. Yeah. I just think to do that without, without taking penalties is just like yeah. a, an achievement that should definitely not be overlooked. And for me... I think he should be winning Premier League Player of the Season for me. I don't just
0: tell you guys this, but I mean, even like you look at the start of the season with Sonny. You know, the whole Kane situation, the way Son stepped up in that Man City game, first game of the season. And you look back now, every point has been vital in this road to hopefully what's going to end in Champions League. Son's just got on with it. It seems to obviously adore playing for the football club, and yeah, I mean, if any player of that squad, we mentioned, Hugo Reid, I mean, Hummin, Son also deserves to be playing Champions League football absolutely Russ mm. let's come over to you let's get your prediction then ahead of the game on Sunday I've got a thing I know is where it's going
2: um, Norwich ain't no Burnley so uh, Norwich nil Tottenham two Son will get one he will get the golden boot and fourth I've got to stick with it we'll be fourth
0: I love it fantastic Russ, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back on last one on Spurs. Thank you for
2: having me. let hold been it as great. it
0: is all season. Where can we find the wonderful dose it turns to yourself, Russ?
2: Uh, Nation Radio tomorrow, DAB online on the app, uh, via the website, all the ways that people listen to the radio now, 10 o'clock in the morning, and soon on Talk Sport with Spencer Oliver with a new series of Fight of My Life, the boxing. So keep you posted next time I'm on Now we're getting on with that.
0: We're looking forward to it, Russ. And we're looking forward to having you back on.
2: Oh, great. In a yes. season
0: for Champions League football, fingers crossed.
6: Thanks, Ricky.
2: Thanks, <laughs> Jay. Pleasure. Thanks, Chris. Been a,
0: been a pleasure. Been fantastic. Jay, been a pleasure having you back on last one on Spurs. Where can we find all what's going on in the world of Daily Hotspur? Yeah,
4: look, on my Twitter handles here, just go and follow that as well. Of course, I've got Twitch as well, which I'm sure I've got lots of exciting plans so You know, hopefully Champions League content coming out. So, um yeah, just daily off Spurs. That's all.
0: That's uh, that's where you can find it. Fantastic. And Chris, uh, hopefully, like me, you're looking forward to a well-deserved break at some point in this summer, if that if that comes. Uh, I know you've been at it all summer. All summer? All starts of the season with live shows, everything that kind of comes with the world of Chris and Spurs and going to games and doing live shows. Where can we find everything going on in the world of Chris Cowden, Chris?
3: yep youtube channel called tottenham fan chris cowling and i'm just so glad that we will be ending the season on a high i really am um you know, because i'm you know, just
0: glad it's all over
3: <laughs> well i i am in a way but i'm just so yeah. glad it's ending in the right way because uh, of course it's been such a long long season you know when you think about nuno it oh, just feels man. like a, another season um yeah so I, ca- I cannot wait to just end the season on a high and we're all smiling again, all then looking forward to the transfer window. And hopefully, Antonio Conte is backed in the right way.
0: Amen. Spot on. Totally agree. From the brilliant Russ, from the fantastic Chris Carlin and from the wonderful Jamie Brown from the Daily Hotspur. Guys, we've been the last one on Spurs. One last push. Spurs are on the verge of Champions League football. Come on, believe. From all of us here, take care, keep safe. And as always, Bye. come on, you Spurs.
6: Sports Social Podcast Network.